supported at the current time and not criticised. And that's your news for now. It's four minutes past seven. Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Owen Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clonmel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See realestatealliance.ie. Now oh, you're very welcome along to Extra Time here on Tip FM. I'm Paul Carroll. I'm filling in for Ronan Quirk on this Monday, the 18th of September, 2023. Plenty to get through on today's show. We had a very busy weekend of hurling quarterfinal action across the Tipperary Senior Premier Intermediate Intermediate Championship with relegation semi-finals. So we've loads to get get to on tonight's show. If you want to get in contact with the show, 083 311 You can text or WhatsApp that number, 083 311 so I send on your messages there about your thoughts of what we saw over the weekend. Very busy show lined up. You're going to go be going through all those games. But first, of course, I'm stepping in for Ronan Quirk here tonight. But Ronan spoke to Seamus Callanan during the week. And we're going to play some of that audio. It's a, it's a nice long interview. It's about 20 minutes or so. We're going to play a little snippet of it here. And uh, we're going to have the full interview online after the show. So let's hear from uh, Seamus Callanan, who announced his senior into county retirement uh, just uh, less than two weeks ago. So Ronan Quirk caught up with Seamus. Listen, I suppose the first question is, why now? Um, when did you come to the decision? Uh, it's always difficult to call time on something that has been such a massive part of your life for so long. Yeah, I suppose um, the first thing is, I I suppose last year I, I debated whether I go back for, for the year just gone and made the decision we give it kind of one one good, uh, good rattle. And um, so that was it. I suppose my mind was made up from the start of the year, even when I went back to play this year. Um, I spoke to Liam and I kind of had said to him, "Look, this was going to be come back for one year, and that was it." So, the decision was was made uh, by myself at that stage, um, and I just decided there to do it now because, to be fair to um, to, to the management for next year, and that they need to be looking at players to get, I suppose, to look for their panel and see what they have available for next year. So, I decided, I suppose, last week was a good week to do it. Really, we had two weeks out to a quarter final with the club. So it wouldn't be too much of a distraction either for our club players. So I just thought it was the right time to to let the news out, I suppose. And um, yeah, sure. Look, it's been a great a great time in my life. But uh, you know, all these all good things have to come to an end at some stage. So I mean, in the space of time we have, there's a lot to pack in. And I'm going to go back to the 14th of August 2006. And uh, I don't know if you remember that day, but I do because I was there. But you came on as a sub in a minor semi-final against Kilkenny. And that was a decent Kilkenny team, but it was a really decent Tipperary team as well. Do you remember that afternoon? You're probably disappointed not to start, but you certainly made an impact when you came in. Yeah, I suppose I remember that year. Um, I had played the Munster final in Thurles against Cork when we were beaten. And then we played Carlow actually down in Nolan Park in the quarterfinals. And uh, I was a sub for that game. And the guys that came in did really well that day. So I was left off for the semi-finals. But um, yeah, I remember coming on and getting a couple of points at the end there. So uh, It was the last minute. It was the winning point. And I suppose what I, the reason I'm asking you about this match in particular was because that, that was at a point at which that team, which was always talented and all those players were always going to become seriously talented hurlers for Tipperary but was that the point at which he learned how to win? Yeah I suppose you don't like you don't think that much about it back then but I suppose it, maybe for later on in your years it, it, it might have stood to us really but I suppose back then when you're a minor you're not overly thinking about what's going to happen in the next 10-15 years of your hurling career but um, you know it was a huge win for us at that stage and then we went on to the final and I think Galway were going for three in a row Um so like it was a huge, huge uh, occasion again, but 
I think the bit of determination and grit that we showed in the semi-final uh, really stood to us going into that final as well. And Pa Burke putting that free in the back of the net inside the first five or six minutes, a statement of intent, and I think that ran through that team. You know, if you look at the team, you'd Paddy and fullback, you'd Mikey one side, Brendan the other side of him. Like it, it was talent all the way through the lines. Yeah, definitely. Look, sure, we, had, we had an amazing group, and you know, I suppose I was. They went on and they played minor again the following year. A lot of those great players like Paddy and Brendan and all the guys like Noel and that. So I was a year ahead of them. Um, but you saw what happened then when they came through and. They're finally year under twenty one. You know they were just that team were unbeatable. And I think maybe nine came off that panel into the tip senior panel after that. So like there was a very special group coming through all the time there. Um, that everyone probably in the county knew were, were coming through and knew that there was good times ahead for for Tipperary hurling. But you being one of that panel and one of the cohort of players that everyone had such high hopes for, and you think back to ten, and there was you know we got that excitement from that All Ireland win, but there was a level of expectation that lay, were put on all your shoulders, and all you were t- just twenty one, tw- your case maybe just turned twenty one, twenty two, a lot of pressure. Yeah, a lot of pressure, but really solid players, you know, like like Sir Brendan Maher and all Porig. These lads have just really experienced good heads on their shoulders since they were. You know, since they were 17, 18 years of age, they were just always steady guys, leaders, I suppose, trained really hard every night and left no stone unturned, um, which was something that we all tried to do, I suppose, you know, every year. Um, just It was kind of part of the core values of that group nearly was that we weren't leaving a percentage behind us and we were always trying to find more and more and very, um, I suppose, always trying to challenge ourselves and... But we never left a stone unturned in our preparation. And I think we carry that all the way through our careers. Um, and look, in fairness, it's so to us. And we've had good days and bad days. But, you know, on the good days, um, you know, it always kind of shone through that we were very prepared and very committed to, to our craft. You, you broke onto the senior team in 08, final in 09, which was a bitter disappointment. And I often wonder how much of that was bottled in the dressing room in 09 to take into 10 to ensure that, that was never going to happen again, That what happened in 09. Yeah, I think 09 was, was fierce disappointing, but at the same time, it gave us, it gave us I suppose, a bit between our teeth to go back the following year and to try and stop uh, Kilkenny um, doing their five in a row. But uh, we knew it was a great Kilkenny team as well, but what we also knew was, after 2019, we knew that we were able to compete at that level and we knew that we were able to, I suppose, get to a level where we could possibly beat Kilkenny. So we had fierce confidence in ourselves. 2019 gave us huge disappointment, or 2009 gave us huge disappointment, but it also gave us, I suppose, real encouragement and real um, belief that, you know, we can turn this team over. And um, look, I suppose what happened on the day then in 2010 was amazing, really. And say with Larry, like, in the hat trick and, and different things, um, it just seemed to be to be our day from the world goal but um, you know that year you know, very lucky to come through Galway as well in a, mm-hmm. in a quarter final um, you know you need a bit of luck on your side but I think it was just rewards for the huge work that had went in through 2008 and 9 and the heartbreak in 9 I suppose uh, to get the rewards in 10 I always remember you came, you didn't start that day but you came on as a sub and so did Seamus Hennessy another super servant and Benny Dunn came on and uh, there was a little bit of atonement I think for 09 the contribution of the subs yourself and Seamus getting Benny all getting points yeah look it was huge and you see that now I suppose it really is a kind of a 20 man game you know and, and it's very rare that you don't go out and use five subs um, in inter-county level hurling like so um, I think that was we knew we had a good panel though and you know we played you know a challenge match a couple of weeks before there and that and we just knew that everyone was kind of ready and I think it's just um, 
look, it's vital to have your subs, you know. And as a player, as a player, you can really, if you're under, under first 15, then you can really just give it everything, not hold anything back. And you know, if you're walking off at 55 minutes gone, and you're walking off and there's a fresh sub coming on, but you're not walking off knowing that you gave everything, that's a great place to be as well. So, um, you know, there's nothing bad about that. Um, you just have lads, you have lads to finish the job, and that's that's the way it should be. I'm interested in sort of how this dressing room was when people like Owen and Larry retire because ginormous servants, great goal scorers, the pair of them in terms of their goal scoring record for tip and whether you felt that that was a mantle you personally had to take on or did you feel any extra pressure when Owen and Larry uh, called it a day? Um, I didn't I suppose, like in fairness to Owen and Larry, they probably, you know, in their heads they probably were going through a, a time where they were kind of handing it over to us maybe for a year or two mm. um, and as I said the power of the group that was coming was was really you know it was a serious group that was coming through so and they probably knew that as well and like they were extremely good to us uh, before they left they were extremely good to us like in training and just to be there you know bouncing different things off of advice you know and it was just um, you know I suppose anything that we took on in regards to leadership and that we learned an awful lot from them guys and um, you know they were absolute our idols and legends of the game and, and you know will always will be legends of the game but um, I think that they knew that there was something strong coming behind them. Um, they put a lot of time into us to make sure that when they left that we were ready to take it on. And, you know, there was no pressure at that stage. We had all broken through mm-hmm. before they left. So, you know, it was a matter of they were handing it over. It was our team now. You were take it enough. on. And we were mature enough to take it on. Uh, you've worked with some really interesting managers and you've been successful with very interesting managers and I just was curious as to the influence Eamon O'Shea in particular might have had on you because he had a particular coaching style that worked for the set of forwards he had and he was a bit of a forwards man I would imagine do you think that your game was tailor made for what he wanted or did you have to adapt your game to what Eamon O'Shea's vision of forward play for Tipperary was yeah well look I suppose you had you had two sides of it like you had Eamon with the vision and, you know, trying to, I suppose, create forward play and create movements and all that kind of stuff. But then you had the side of Liam Sheedy, who was the manager, who was, like, making sure that your work rate was just... It had to be top or else you weren't getting on the field, no matter how your movement was or your goal scoring. The two of them had to work together. So that was the great thing about Eamon and Liam. They bounced really well off each other and they brought two different things to it. And if you could bring the work rate that Liam wanted along with the movement and the eye for goal and the connection with the defenders and all the things that Eamon spoke about with us. If you could marry the two of them up, you know, it turned you into a really a really good player and um, you know, so I think they bounced really well off each other. Um, you know, Eamon I said I just clicked with Eamon really well. Uh, along with Liam I clicked with Liam obviously as well. But I suppose it was Eamon in, in uh, when he was over the team in fourteen that gave me real confidence that, you know, I, w- I had the ability to do it like because I was after a few kind of slow years where Things form had dipped and confidence had dipped, and he just he picked me back up again and and put me together back together I suppose and and gave me a real leadership role on the team and he obviously saw something in me from you know a couple of years previous um, and you know he made, he kind of made me a leading line uh, I suppose a big figure in the leading line for Tipperary and um, he backed me you know that was that was the start of it really again. 
One of your finest performances of many for Tip, arguably, was the 16 final where you scored nine from play. Uh, you were nominated for Hurler of the Year along with Park that year. Did you ever get a sense that you were possibly at the peak of your powers at that point? That like these days like 16 don't come along very often. It seemed like everything you pucked nearly went over the black spot. It was just one of those days. Did, did you reflect on that as, this is as good as it gets? No, I wouldn't think so, no. Um, like, don't get me wrong, it was a great day mm. and and I played really well and very happy about that, but... I always kind of felt that I can do more, I can do better, I can I can get better, I can score more, or I can work harder, I can do more for the team, or I can, you know. So I was always searching for, for more all the time, and I think that's the way you need to be because the game has changed and the standard has has risen, and uh, you know if you're not moving with it, you're falling behind. So you have to keep searching for for more and more every day, and I think that's something that I always did. Um, I'm my own biggest critic like I could score nine points and the one I miss is the one I dwell on you know and um, I think that's just the way I've, I've been about my, my game I suppose for a long time um, so you're always trying to find 1% where you can get better um, you know by no means was that a perfect performance either if you watch it back there's definitely you know there'll definitely be five or six things that I'd say God you know I could have done better with that ball or most of us would have taken it now to be honest shame but anyway it was a great day and you fast forward to 19 which was a you know a really special day for you your family your parish and I, I remember looking back a couple of years back on uh, on you coming down the steps and you go into the crowd to your family and that's about as perfect as a sporting day gets or a sporting career gets um, it must have just you know what a, what a, just t- tell us your thoughts or your memories about that yeah I suppose look I'm always very aware that and for any family so like when, when we play the games like it's very easy for us to play on the pitch the, our parents you know whatever girlfriends fiancés mm. all that kind of stuff are all our, 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 our family brothers and sisters they have to sit in the stand and listen to the experts you know the experts when you know if I run out over a ball you know Callan is useless take him off and they have to sit there and smile and nod and say nothing and you know when I score the same person when I score a goal will be jumping around the place, you know, shouting my praise, and that's great. So um, moments like that, when it all comes together, I suppose, and, and you get, you know, you're all Ireland win, and, you know, for me to be able to captain it was brilliant. But you have to think of, like, the, 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 I suppose it all comes together, like the days where things were so bad, where, you know, you were at home in 2012 or whatever, and you're wondering, where's it all gone wrong here? Like, you know, um, and your parents are there with you, and they're saying, oh, look, we still believe in you. It's there if you really want it. You know they back you. Go get it. Um, and it's all just I suppose on days like 2019. Then when you're coming down the steps and you meet them, you know all those memories, uh, good and bad, all come together. And you can just kind of look at each other and go, look, we got there. I suppose at the end of it all. And and that's what makes it really special. And that's and that's like just my memory of my family. You know, if you ask any player, their family have been the ones that pulled them through all sorts of days as well. You know, so that's just. When you can share a special moment like that with your family after everything, it's it's just amazing feeling. Shane Stapleton tweeted during the week that you scored. You've played in seven finals if you include the drawn match in fourteen. You've scored three twenty from play, which is an extraordinary record for seven finals. Did I always got a sense that Crow Park suited Shane Callan in a way that perhaps other pitches didn't? Did you feel that it was your stage that, or did you have a comfort there that other players mightn't? Um, I just look. I, I've always loved the big stage. Uh, I've never been scared of uh, playing in the big yeah. games. So, like the bigger the games were, the more like I kind of loved it. And uh, you know, I loved 
been you know eighty thousand people there like that's where I wanted to be and that's where I wanted to play my hurling and you know instead of being kind of balked by it, I just think like you're down the hurling field as a as a seven and eight year old trying to be a whoever an Owen Kelly or whoever it is is your idol and it's all for days like that you know and it's all for arenas like Crow Park everyone watching however many people are watching on the telly as as well as the eighty thousand are there and. I just think you have to enjoy these things, you know. People eat themselves up over, you know, getting nervous about them and all that. And grand, there is days you you have nerves too, like. But I just loved being there, like. I just loved running out. I, I loved just expressing myself up there, and the, you know, at the peak of, of of where good things happen, I suppose. You know, the All Ireland semi-finals and finals. One thing we should have mentioned actually in '19 was going back to drum, which was also a big. Big deal for the village and the parish, you know. I remember talking to Woodlock, uh, James Woodlock, beforehand, and he he was saying to me before the final, I want, I want, Jamie to come back with the cup to drum more than I want Tipperary to win it. Now he does understand you can't have one without the other, okay. but he was more looking forward to the trip back to drum as much as he was you climbing the steps of the Hogan Stand. If you know the point I'm trying to make, is yeah. I think Woody knew what it was going to mean to the parish. Yeah, like we're a small parish, mm. you know. We're really, I suppose. The huge work that's going on there, trying to produce uh, hurlers, I suppose, and with the end goal of obviously representing Drum Lynch. But if you can get a few of them onto the Tipperary panel, great, Good. you know. Um, we haven't have you know a, a very long history of Tipperary hurlers out there, like so. Um, look, it was a special occasion, like, and I just remember, you know, I, I may mention this before, but like Tommy Dunn called me on the team bus and he said, "Come up here to the front window." we were kind of nearly coming into the rag village like after coming out from the stadium on the Monday night and uh, he said you need to see every bit of this now mm. and he brought me up to the front window and I stood there and just seeing everyone outside the rag pub celebrating um, it was all you know all my friends were there couldn't wait to see me get home mm. um, friends that supported me all through everything like you know so it was great to see them drive down past my home house before the hurling field and my mother and father outside the gate and you know the gate that I've walked up and down to the hurling field from They've seen me going out that gate early in my hand thousands of times since I was a very young child um, to be able to take that journey down the road again to the hurling field where it all began uh, and this time, you know, walking out with the Lee McCarthy Cup, like it's it's the stuff of dreams and it's a fairy tale really, like and it's only, the thing is like, and I've realised since I've retired, the thing is when you only start to look back and appreciate them moments when you actually decide, right, it's over, it's stopped. Yeah. Because every second you're still on the panel, you're going, what's the next thing? I yeah, need to can I do add another moment to the list? Absolutely, now yeah. That, now that list is ended and you just have to reflect on it. Yeah. Times against us. So, uh, believe it or not, yourself, Pat, Ho- Pat Horgan, TJ Reid and Joe Canning all made your senior inter-county debuts in and around the same time in the same year. So that's a pretty good fantasy forward line. If you were to add two players to the fantasy forward line that you either played with or played against, who would you include? Oh, that. Um, I'm going to add two Tipperary players. Um, I was just going to put. I'm going to put in two Tipperary players that I enjoyed so much playing with. Um, just their incredible vision and ability. Um, when I suppose through my best days as well. So I would say John McGrath and Bubbles Dwyer. When, when we had a full forward line there, the three of us together, I just loved playing in it. I enjoyed every second of it. Um, their ability to execute a pass or to move. Um, just it was really special so it was great times in my career when I had them two boys either side of me so well 16 they both got goals that day and you were knocking over the points and yeah. I remember 19 your pass into bubbles when he was on the edge of the square so it was a bit of a 
you, you understood each other? Yeah, we really understood each other and, and I suppose play, I've played with, don't get me wrong, I've played with absolutely amazing players, but it was just the connection. It was all about the connection the three of us had together. So that's the biggest thing. I always ask this of people who retire and I'm always interested in their answer. If you can go back over your career and if you could change one result, one result that et it at you more than perhaps any other result. Could be club, could be schools, could be anything. Which one would it be? Uh, I'd say 2015 All Ireland semi final to Galway. You yeah. scored 3 9? 3 9, yeah. But I just felt that, I felt that we were, you know, obviously Galway went on, but Kilkenny bet them in the final. And I just felt that time, you know, we left an All Ireland final behind us. Uh, we've lost, you know, we've lost a few All Irelands. Um, but I just felt that was one we kind of left behind us and you know a small thing would have got us over the line that day and I suppose that's the one I'd kind of look back to saying we actually we left we left the middle there that year Well there's a lot more positives in the bank than there were negatives when you look back on the 15, 16 years whatever it is 16 years of it Shamey uh, you've given great joy and great excitement and pleasure to an awful lot of people in Tipperary and uh, all I can do on their behalf is to thank you and wish you a long and happy inter-county retirement but the good people of Drummond Inch expect you to be still lined out for a while to come yet yeah thanks very much look I've loved every second of it I've lived my dream, my dream and uh, you know the club deserve to get me now for a few years where I'm, able, I'm not coming back barely able to walk in the Hurlfield gates but they're going to get uh, I suppose everything from me for as long as I can now for the rest of my career and I'm really looking forward to that thanks indeed Jamie that was uh, Ronan Quirk speaking to Seamus Callan there uh, during the week. So, as I said, that's just about five, six minutes of that audio. It's about 20 minutes in total. So that will be podcasted on this show uh, after uh, we finish up at 8 o'clock. So I'm, I myself am really looking forward to hearing the rest of that. What a career Seamus Callan had uh, in the blue and gold for Tipperary. So we're going to uh, switch focus to the hurling that happened over the weekend. But first, we're just going to take a very quick ad break and we'll be back with hurling after this. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month with the Talbot Hotel Clonmel. Multi-award winning wedding specialists with state-of-the-art leisure facilities and spa with food served daily. The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. Get your nominations in now. And you're welcome back to Extra Time here on Tip FM. Paul Carroll filling in for Ronan Quirk on this Monday, the 18th of September, 2023. And that ad serves as a nice reminder of the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month Award in association with the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel. Of course, our August winner was Charlene Maudsley for her performances at the World Athletics Championships. Uh, anyone you'd like to nominate, you can send your emails to sportsstar at tipfm.com. Send your uh, nominations to that email address and uh, it'll be announced on the first Monday of October. So moving on now, we had a very busy weekend of club hurling action across Tipperary. A quarterfinal weekend just gone by. And uh, where else to start? Only the games in Semple Stadium yesterday. And uh, it was Tumi Vara who had a crazy win over uh, Cloudy Ross Moore uh, down in Semple Stadium. Uh, it finished up there at 3.20 for Tumi Vara, 1.24 for Cloudy Ross Moore. Cloudy uh, scored a last minute goal. Connor Hammersley, um, last minute goal to bring it to extra time. But a Kenny Ryan goal in extra time uh, stretched out the lead for Tumi Vara. And they went on to win 3.20 to 1.24. So after that game, I went down into the. Uh, the depths of Semple Stadium and found Ken Dunn, the Tumi Vara manager, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, great, great result. Oh my God. Um, you know, we were four up and we came back to three and oh, something in, in me told and I knew they weren't done. I knew they weren't done and then to get the goal and I suppose a lot of people would have said Clannotti would have kicked on and won in extra time but I have to say our boys, 
we gathered ourselves and we regrouped and we started extra time well and you know we got over the line that's all I can say Yeah massive win but I suppose the first half of normal time you weren't at your best at all probably going in at half time two points down you could have been more down Rory Slam made a big save um, what was kind of the words in at half time because he looked a completely different team in the second half with the introduction of course Adam Hall as well yeah, well, we were. I I I pulled I pulled them before half time in the middle of the field to say I actually can't believe I actually I told them I said I can't believe we're still in this game I just can't believe it. Uh, that was probably our worst thirty minutes, you know, twenty minutes, maybe the last ten minutes of the first half we we just settled and got into it. But um, half time it was just about regrouping and going back to what we normally do, which was working hard. We'd only we'd only a handful of tackles and turnovers in the first half, um, and we knew they had to change. And I think that was the the key to us, you know, getting getting in amongst them, winning breaks. We were won no break in the first half, but we won we won lots in the second half, and we looked dangerous. And obviously, Adam Adam was sensational when he came in. He's you know he's a big chap, and he took he took the game to Clonotti, you know. Yeah, and there was performances everywhere. Liam Ryan had a fine game at corner back and all over the field. But just just to come out of that with a win is going to be a huge boost now going into a semi final. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we four games, one from four in the county championship. Um, Lockmore the same. But look, the next day is going to be obviously much more difficult, and whoever we play will be will be underdogs, which suits us fine. You know, not many people tipped us today, and not many people tipped us the last over, over the group stages. But we came out of that group, you know. So uh, we'll just get back in Tuesday night now and focus and start working again. A relieved Ken Dunn there speaking to myself after they defeated Clouty Ross Moore after extra time in the first of a double header of games in Semple Stadium yesterday. Tumi Vara booked their place in a first uh, Tipperary Senior Hurling Championship semi-final since 2018. So uh, Tumi Vara looking to make their way back to the promised land. Another team trying to do the same is Thurless Sarsfields. They had a big win over Drummond Inch at 24 points to 112 it finished up. And after that game, I went and spoke to Thurless manager Paddy Maher. Yeah, no, the good performance today. Um, I suppose, again, did you, you said it there, it's just a job done for today, but we have to go again now in two weeks' time again against whoever we get to draw later on. And again, today will be no good unless we, get, we, can, we can back it up the next day. Yeah, and you kind of performers all around the field is how this kind of championship has gone for you. Widespread of scores, lads playing well, nice kind of lads coming off the bench. So it's it's all going in the right direction. But one thing this year that we've seen is different is Dennis Maher back in the full back line. Just a word on that uh, that decision maybe to start the year because it's it's paying dividends. He's having a, a fine performance back there in the last couple of games. Yeah, I know he's getting fine there, but like Dennis is just, Dennis has played a lot with hurting the backs over the years. You know, coming up to Dolores Oak. Into Dor- into Tarsfields, you know, it was, um, you know, he's been playing at Bowen's the pitch really over for us over the years. He's, he's often gone back wing back or full back there a few years ago as well. So it's not new to Dennis, you know. And um, you know, look, he's a good hurler. He'll be able to adapt wherever he is. And you know, he he's shown great leadership there at the moment. Yeah, and it's an exciting time for the club, I suppose. Second team into a semi final as well. It's all going in the right direction. So probably a good positive vibe around the place. I'd imagine at the minute. Yeah, look, it's been a good weekend for the club. We got two good wins, you know, but I suppose from my own experience, you know, that can all come down very quickly, you know. You have to keep on, you have to keep on every day you go out, you know. So, look, we'll regroup again for two weeks and we'll try and get both teams, you know, uh, tuned in again for what's ahead of them. And again, semi-final stage of both championships is going to be, um, it's going to be another big step up again, you know. So, we'll regroup after this one and see how we're getting on then. That was uh, Third of Sarsfield's manager, Paddy Maher, speaking with myself after they booked their spot into the Tipperary Senior Hurling Championship semi-finals. 24 points to 112. That one finished up in Semple Stadium yesterday. So uh, joining me now on the line to look back on some of the games over the weekend is our former Tipperary manager, Ken Hogan. Ken, you're welcome to the show. 
No, we don't have Ken just yet. We'll get Ken on in a second. We do have some more audio to play. On Saturday, we had a double header in Semple Stadium as well. Lockmore Castellini booked their place into a semi final 222 to 124. They defeated Ross Gray. And in the second game, Killadangan booked their place in a fifth straight uh, semi final 222 to 317 win over Holy Cross Ballycattle. And uh, Killadangan manager John O'Mara spoke to Stephen Gleeson on Saturday. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a real championship, I suppose, uh, battle of a quarter-final game. Um, both teams went hammer and tongs at it. Um, you know, I suppose we, we would feel that, you know, we had heard reasonably well in the first half. We'd ourselves in a good position on 26 minutes. Um, disappointed to go in at half-time level after um, after being up six points. Um, you know, we did regroup. Um and it was, you know, it was. Uh, I suppose we pushed the three points ahead in the second half at one stage. But credit to um, to Holy Cross, you know, they came back at us. They got the goal straight away. Um, you know, and I'm happy enough with our lads the way they, they saw it. I was supposed going down the home straight, but listen, it could have went either way at the end. Um, you know, if I was in at a point, two points, um, but it could have went either way. Similar in some ways to the first game in which you had Lockmore. Um, you know, just coming out the right side against Ros Gray, you were the favourites in this one, just came out the right side against Holy Cross and like it, it is uh, something maybe you've been there a few years is that nothing to do with it going down that last few minutes? Yeah, I suppose you, you could say that Stephen but, but um, like it's quarter final as well, you know, and like there's, there's no bad teams left in this stage of the championship so there isn't, right, and um, uh, you know, both Ross Gray and um, Holy Cross coming in today, a lot of teams might have said, you know, a lot of people might have said, wrote, wrote them off and said that oh, the, the two favourites will win, but like that's not the way it works, so it's not, and we saw that in both games today. Yeah, and uh, like uh, Billy Seymour had a great game for you there, he really stepped up to the mark, put the ball over the bar, got a few, you know, tackles in when you needed it as well. Uh, yeah, look, I suppose, like as I said, like this team is on the, on, on the road a number of years, and, um, you know, they've come through a lot of tight games in the past, and will do so in, in, in the future, and, and today is no different, like, you know, it's, it's like push teams were level with what 58, 59 minutes this was on the clock and you know they got two scores to get us over the line yeah, so is relief the overriding feeling, or what is it? I sure look, quarterfinals and semi-finals are just for winning. Like you know, it's not. Um, it's 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 look. Our, our objective coming in, you know, was to make sure that we were in the pot for um, for the, for the draw for the semi-final, and we achieved that. Yeah. Any injury worries now going into it? Ah, uh, no, not really. No, there was no. Um, we 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 had um, we had a few injury worries earlier in the year, but as you can see, you know, they're starting James and and Willie. They're starting to come back, and it's great to get action or game time in them today um, for both of them to see action. And you know, they'll all be well. Um, in the mix for the next day. That was Killadangan manager John O'Mara speaking to Stephen Gleeson after they booked their place into a semi-final uh, for a fifth straight year Killadangan into a Tipperary Senior Hurling Championship semi-final. A man was, that was at a lot of the games over the weekend was Tipperary Senior Camogie manager Dennis Kelly and uh, Dennis joins me on the line now. Dennis, you're welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Dennis, uh, I suppose you were a, a happy man yesterday when I was speaking to you in the commentary box after that first game uh, in Semple Stadium. Tumi Vara with a heart-stopping win at times over over Clonalty Rossmore um, in Semple Stadium. It was a brilliant game, roller coaster of emotions throughout. But uh, Tumi Vara, I suppose, are, are looking well so far this year. They've won four from four, as Ken Dunn mentioned um, in his interview there. But uh, a good time for the club, given the fact that the under nineteens are into a county final as well. Yeah, it's a great time for the club. You know, the things. I suppose that, that happens when you're on a bit of a roll, uh, things come together. And, you know, it didn't look great, say, at, at the end of ordinary time when, when Clonolty pulled back that goal. It looked maybe like the boys could str- struggle to, to get over the line. But, 
uh, they dug in very well and they really kicked on in that extra time. Yeah, and it was a, a big kind of contribution from the bench uh, for Tumivara. 2-3 from Adam Hall, one of the under-19 players who uh, came off the bench, came on at half-time. And uh, Kenny Ryan, one of the other substitutes, got the goal in extra time. So that's going to be a nice kind of a bit of motivation for the squad and uh, something for, for Ken Dunn and his, and his colleagues in there in the management team that they know that they have lads off the bench that can come on and make an impact. Yeah, Adam Hall like had a dream, a dream uh, game yesterday, and, and Kenny Ryan got a nice goal as well. And that was what was a three-three off the bench, off the bench. And the other Clancy um, didn't uh, got a pint to take off their bench, so that was that was a, a big, uh, a big you know change in or difference between the two teams. Uh, so they'll, they'll be all fighting for positions now, which is great, and that's what Ken wants. And, and um, you know they'll win as underdogs, as he said already. But, uh, you know, they won't be afraid of anyone at the same time, you know, and they have Kiladangan now. Kiladangan probably have, have a bit of a bogey on Toome over the last two years. But, you know, Toome have played him already in the league, in the league final, I think it was. And, and um, you know, they'll have a good idea of him and they'll, they'll, they'll get set up. And they're, they're, they're very shrewd on the sideline this year and they're, they're doing everything right. Yeah, and uh, I suppose Kiladangan booked uh, their place into the, se- into the semi-finals 2-22 to 3-17 win over Holy Cross. And uh, I suppose this was a game Kiladangan were kind of heavily favoured for but uh, that's not the way this game played out and Kiladangan, it was a draw game with uh, 59 minutes on the clock before Kiladangan pushed on uh, to get the last few winners. But um, in fairness to Kiladangan, they, they came through what was a, a very tough game in the day. They did. Like, you credit Holy Cross, they gave it a great battle. Uh, I suppose Kiladangan on the scoreboard, you know, they left a few behind them as well. Billy Seymour played really well, but he could have had five or six wides and there was others as well to chip in as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, overall, I suppose they just about deserved their, their win. But credit, credit to Holy Cross, they're an up-and-coming team and there's some, some uh, superstars in the making there in their team. And, you know, Darrell Wood stepped up on the day as well. He got some outrageous scores, you know, that, that uh, he just showed his class. Uh, but they, they, had, uh, they had heroes all over the place. But uh, just not good enough, I suppose, a bit of experience uh, told for Kilalangan in the finish-up. And Holy Cross, as we as we've said before, they they really are a team, uh, a club on the up, I suppose, with lots of underage success. Um, but it was still Kyle Barrett who scored a penalty, set up that David Fogarty for the second goal, and then it was Jimmy Lahart, one of the uh, younger players, who got that third goal for Holy Cross. So Kiladangan may be a little bit worried about the the manner in which some of the the those goals were dis- um, conceded, I suppose, giving away the penalty and uh, the the last goal was, was kind of sloppy defending at times. So that's definitely something that uh, the Kiladangan management will be will be working on in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. You know, they'll have a bit of time up to do on that. But I suppose, surprisingly enough, James Quigley didn't start from uh, whether he was injured or what, I'm not sure. He's normally nailed down three, you know, and he wasn't. He ended up coming in the half-back line for a while. David Sweeney was at full. So they were they were a little bit uh, mixed mixed around compared to other days. So, look, they'll get the, themselves set for, for two and I suppose they'll get their match-ups right. They know each other so well at this stage. Um, you know, they'll be, they'll be, they'll re-juggle that, that back line, but they won't be, they won't be too afraid. You know, they, they've met two in the last few years numerous occasions in the championship and have beaten them so look they won't they won't fear to them at the same time as well it's it's a tricky one when you're running as hot favourites and just before I let you go Dennis of course had news come out today that uh, Tipperary we've uh, three All-Star nominees in the Tipperary Senior Camogie team Aoife McGrath Julianne Burke Caught Devan Karen Kendi Roisin Howard and Theresa Ryan and uh, Gene Kelly also get nominated for the uh, jun- Premier Junior Player of the Year so um, a-, a nice haul there of uh, possible individual awards coming up for, for your team after a-, a good year 
Yeah, it's great to see the six girls uh, getting nominated and, and Jean as well with the juniors, you know. It's great, you know, they're individual awards, but look at it, just, it's so, it's some bit of, uh, it's nice to see the girls are getting recognised, you know, and hopefully we'll get, we'll get a few awards tonight. There's, there's a big competition there, but the nominations are great and hopefully we'll, we'll end up with a few all-stars as well on the night. Spot on, Dennis. Thanks for joining us on Extra Time. Thanks very much, Paul. That was uh, Dennis Kelly there, Tipperary Senior Camogie Manager, and uh, he was at a number of the games over the weekend, of course, and he covered the uh, the uh, Thurless uh, game with myself yesterday. Uh, now I'm joined on the line by Ken Hogan, former Tipperary Manager. Ken, you're welcome to the show. Hi, Paul. Uh, good to talk to you, Ken. I suppose you were uh, on duty with myself yesterday for a, what was a, a very exciting game between uh, Tumi Vara and Clonalty Ross Moore. Um, I suppose just from your perspective, looking at that game, what was the kind of difference uh, that, that you saw why Toome went on and won that game? I just thought it was a very enjoyable game, um, Paul, number one. thought that, thought that the standard was very good. I think Clonalty came out of the traps very well. Um Create a couple of goal opportunities, Paul. Um, Roy Brazem had one fine save. Another one, Robert Dyle should have received the pass, the, the killer pass, to, to probably score score a goal. So they could have had two goals in the first half, but Tommy Barra weathered that storm. Um, and an unfortunate injury then to uh, to Jack Ryan ended up in a situation where Joy Malachy came in. I thought Joy steadied the ship very well. But I suppose the key men that kept Tom in the game in the hunt in the first half where the McCarthy's, Kevin and Dara, uh, both brothers, uh, played very well, won a lot of frees, scored from play as well. Mark McCarthy came good as well, I suppose, at a vital stage. But I suppose the big and most exciting part of the game was the fact that young Adam Hall, an under-19 player with Ken Dunn, uh, North Champions, and in the county final, came into the fray as a youngster. And what a, what a game he had, you know, what a cameo, 2-3 uh, from play, absolutely outstanding. Yeah, no, it was it was really good to see. And I suppose um, since I was last talking to you, the draws have been made, and it's going to be uh, Kiladangan against Tumivara, and it's going to be Lockmore uh, against Thurla Sarsfields in two weeks' time. So that sets up for two very very exciting semi-finals in a couple of weeks. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, you know. And obviously, Kiladangan will be red hot favourites against Toom, and rightly so. I mean, they have the pedigree, but Toom won't. Uh, the one bit phase by that they'll relish the opportunity to play again in Temple Stadium they're a young exciting team you know Kenny Ryan came in and scored a goal as well you know the three goals were scored by their by their substitutes so I think Toom you know strength and depth wise uh, they're pretty good they have a bit of experience with Joey Milochny coming in and the youngsters coming in but of course um, Dennis mentioned James Quigley missing the last day he'll shore up the Kiladangan defence uh, in a big way um, but Kildangan and Toome, you know, both passionate supporters as well, should bring a, a, a really good crowd to Simple Stadium. Yeah, and um, I suppose just just on that, Ken, one of the things that I picked up on over the weekend was uh, the the ticket prices. So it was for the double header in Simple Stadium was was fifteen quid to get in, which which was uh, fine. But for some of the games on Saturday, just one game was was fifteen euro ent- entry free, which I feel is a bit high uh, given the times we're in and going to a, a you know if it's a Premier Intermediate uh, quarter final paying fifteen quid is a lot given that the you can stream them for less. So um, just your your kind of take on that the the ticket price and you probably should be trying to encourage more people go, to go to these games. Yeah, don't get me going about that. I mean, we need uh, to have kids going to matches. Uh, to bring the kids to matches, we need the parents to go. Um, every kid should be given the incentive of going to the matches, but uh, 
if parents have to shell about 30, 40 odd euro, they are not going to go um, every Sunday. You know, a lot of matches on, uh, a lot of attractive games. The county board run their matches very well. Mm. Uh, I think, you know, we've seen in rival counties like Kilkenny, uh, you know, Galway, uh, they, they streamlined their ticket prices and that's in that fact we had that weekend ticket a number of years ago you know with 10 flies uh, it's probably something that we should do again but i think in this day and age people are counting the coffers and from our perspective we know a county board has to keep running but i think 15 euros for a one game once off game um, and even relegation struggles is too much so i'd be with you on that i think the county board have got to take the consideration they need to get bums and seeds you saw yourself. We can't. We can't uh, gloss it over, Paul. There wasn't a big crowd in Simple Stadium yesterday, or, the, or you know what I mean, from that perspective, yeah. or the day before. And it's not nice to look over to see empty seats in a stand that could be filled by charging maybe a five or less and bringing people and attracting uh, attracting the. The spectators and the pundits of the games. Yeah, let us know what you think. 083 311 Ken, you mentioned the word relegation there, and the relegation battle in this senior championship is just fascinating. It's going to be a Clowney against JK Brackens and Killer One against Upper Church Tromban. It's fierce hard to, to try and pick who's going to go, go down between those four clubs. Yeah, and a huge amount of tension as well. You have, on the one hand, Clowney, uh, you know, almost in the county semi final and would, wouldn't be out of place, as you well know, playing in a county semi-final. Yes, they're come back to the spectre of relegation against uh, the mid-champions of last year, J.K. Brackens. And then on the other hand, we have Upper Church from Van, who have done brilliantly contesting mid-finals and county semi-finals in the last number of years, playing our present county champions, uh, Killer One McDonald's. So it's all to play for. I mean, I can't call it at the moment uh, any of those games. Um they are going to be just as competitive and just as important as the county semi-finals that are being played on the same weekend. So um, the crowds will come out for that game. I'm, I'm certain. You know, if it's priced right, the crowds will come out for those games because, you know, in my experience over the years of inter-county and club hurling, the, the the toughest games of all are the relegation struggles, and they are the games that are going to attract the punters. And I think uh, all four teams will have huge concerns you know, uh, trying to get over the line and and retain their senior status. Yeah, it really makes for, for fascinating stuff, I suppose, at the at the wrong end of the championship for those teams. But uh, as a neutral, it does really make for fascinating viewing. But uh, Ken Hogan, thanks for joining us an extra time. Anytime, Paul. God bless. That was uh, Ken Hogan there speaking to me uh, just about some of the games over the weekend. We mentioned uh, Lockmore Castellani booked their place into the semi-finals with that. Uh, just uh, get the score in front of me here. Uh, win over Ross Gray, 222 to 124. And uh, a Lockmore man, Tom McGrath, joins me on the line. Tom, you're welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Tom, you, uh, you got the got the win on Saturday, but it was probably a bit closer than uh, a lot of Lockmore folk would have uh, would have wanted, I suppose, uh, down in Simple Stadium on Saturday. Yeah, well, I suppose the win is win, Paul, but uh, yeah, an awful lot closer than most pundits and most people would have expected. And um, like, probably lucky at the end of the day to get to get out to get out and win because, like, to be fair, you have to give due credit to Ross Gray. They brought they, they, they brought uh, their their a, a game to the stage and played with a bit of a certain amount of inventiveness, like, but. Um, and I suppose they're, they're in the heel hunt it was probably their, their frailty in front of goal let them down for finish I mean everything was going over in the first half 117 in 30 minutes is, is terrific scoring but mm. 
and he only got seven points in the second half because I was looking at myself and saying, well, one seventeen, like this is looking like, I mean, maybe two twenty four five or something like that. And uh, because they, they they had they had carved over defend open the defence a few times as well, like so their score could have been higher. And I was wondering where our scores were going to come from because it was it, it was a struggle, like and but you just you kind of okay, there'll be less analysing it enough lot more in depth than I will be, like. But when the opposition when the opposition defence the Ross Grey backline scored actually seven points to play, right. I know the silence, yeah. <laughs> which, which you know, which is a, it, it's it's a huge tally, and they didn't, and you know, there were shots that were taken on. There was one of the one those three players he had a wide as well, like so they had eight clear shots at the target, super scores, but they were willing to take on take on the responsibility, take on the shot, and they were allowed to do it because um, a lot more players were retreating and the work rate in different areas. But look, that's going to have to be addressed for the next day, like and go back to the start. Not working any won the game. It was a game to be won. They've won it and then move on to the next day now. Like, but it's going to take uh, much improved performance. But I mean, there's reasons for there's reasons for different things as well. Like that, in mean, or like effectively, Noel McGrath was a passenger for the fifty odd minutes he was on. And I suppose the same could be said about Alan Tynan. So that carried that that, that kind of doubt. Who would have thought going in on Saturday that Alan Tynan and Noel McGrath would be replaced? Yeah, so, no, so, Noel like, performance is like, he? He, he has a hamstring. Problem and and uh, and Alan Alan Tyne had been had been suffering about a sickness illness there for the last week or ten days like so he he was a long way short of what you'd be expecting from him at the, at that level too like so but there was other fellas stepped up on both sides I suppose too John Moran showing a bit of a return to form um, Kieran Conley came in spasms as well like and the Ross Gray side I mean Luke Cashin was a breath of fresh air even though the thing went a bit wrong for him for a finish but their, their backline was super and you know Darren O'Connor in the middle kept the whole thing together and they, they carved up scores scoring chance for themselves and took them and you know just a little bit of little bit of um, misfortune suppose in front of goal towards the finish like just just cost them but that's 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 the way the thing works out as well yeah and they'll be they'll be delighted to uh, get through to the semi-finals going on and playing at Thurlis Sarsfields as you mentioned and just when you mentioned shooting from deep Thurlis Sarsfields came to mind straight away so as you said that's something that they're going to have to address JJ Kendi also joins me on the line JJ you're welcome to the show thanks Paul JJ, good to talk to you. Um, I suppose we've been uh, speaking a lot about the senior championship there in the last couple of moments, but at the Premier Intermediate Championship also um, down to the semi-final stages at Thurlis Sarsfields booked their place into it, uh, a win over ourselves and Burgess, 219 to 121 was the final score there. At Killinall beat Carrick Swans to book their place uh, into the final, 27 points to 214. And then of course, uh, uh, Cashel beat Cashel Kincormuck's uh, beat Gurton and Hooglengu 121 to 214 and that Lura game with Clonakenny not to take place till next Saturday so we have uh, Killinall, Thurlis Arsfields and Cashel Kincormacks left in that grade for the last four so that sets up for um, some interesting pairings when the draw is eventually made but some uh, very fine teams left in that championship Yeah there are and uh, I, I guess Paul one of the, the problems with the, the fixture schedule at the moment is that uh, you have, you're having all these games on uh, on a given weekend, and I think the Premier Intermediate and indeed the Intermediate itself gets a little bit overlooked at times because it's just the, the sheer volume of games uh, is just impossible to cover them all. And and of course, from our point of view, it's impossible to get to them all. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be you know really some really uh, top class games lined up in that in that Premier Intermediate. Uh, I thought that was a, a big win for for Cashel King Cormac over Gutnahu because you know Gutnahu would be 
would be rated one of the top contenders in, in this competition. So that, that was a huge win for them. And, um, um, you know, Sarsfield's second team, I suppose, uh, getting through as well is, is very significant. And somebody's asking at the weekend, what happens if Sarsfield's win, win this competition out? What would happen next year? Would they have two senior teams? And uh, would one of them have to be relegated again? You know, so it's, it's an interesting one to speculate on. But there's a bit of playing to, to be done before anything like that happens. Yeah, and uh, just we'll mention uh, Moyne Temple too. He and Sean Tracy's both winning their relegation semi final. So it's going to be Newport against Portrow in the uh, Premier Intermediate relegation final. Then in the Intermediate, there was wins for um, Money Goal, Kilsheel and Kilcash. Uh, Borhala and Duella and Golden Kilfiko uh, mm. had a big win over Drummond Inch, so that sets up the semi-finals uh, at that grade. It's going to be Money Gall against Borlahan and Kilsheelan against um, Kilsheelan against Golden Kilfiko, and then in the relegation uh, after extra time, Shannon Rovers thirty points to Kildangan's four fourteen, and Arvale Rovers twenty points to nineteen points there. So going back to uh, the senior championship, lads, I suppose we're down to the last four: Lockmore Castellani against Thurla Sarsfields, and we have uh, Tumivara against Kildangan. And what's your just overall takes? Uh, I'll start with you, Tom. Um, just overall takes on those bo- both of those two games. Yeah, well, I suppose on the basis of um, on the basis of what, what we've seen and over not just this weekend but the other weekends as well. I think that I'll still stick to my guns that that whoever it, whoever will beat Sarsfield will will I think will win it. And there's only two teams have a chance to beat them now, and we're one of them. So we'll have to up our game for the semi final and to get over them. And whoever will come out on the other side then will get will get their chance if if Sarsfield are in the final. But like Sarsfield have a you know team a lot of a lot of excellent excellent players and all across the field and the young fellas are knitting in very well also so they're a, they're a formidable outfit and they're going to take they're going to take uh, take stopping but that, that said the other the other three teams are not without their chance either they're going to go at it there's, there's nobody going to fly the white flag Paul at this stage you're in the semi-finals semi-finals are there to be won and final day then whatever it brings out I mean Kildangan haven't gone away either and I think two more common because mm. they're you know Plenty of young fellas and young fellas with no fear. Adam Hall, now that thing in action the previous week with under 19s, and he brought his he brought his A game into Torres in Torres yesterday and came in off the bench. No no problem with being on the bench and coming in and attitude was right and worked worked really hard and did a lot did a lot of damage. But Clowney made a made a fair fight for two, like. But mm. that's they have other things they have other fish to fry now at this stage. But no, Tom are are decent. They have decent pedigree, and you know, good management team in charge and all that type of thing. And they're used to they're used to this stage. So the semi final days going to hold any great fears for them either, like. Yeah, and, uh, and then the local the local factor comes in, of course, then with with them, themselves and and Kildang and like. It's unfortunate the way the draw worked out, I suppose, really. But the, 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 well, there was no, there was, it was only a half draw, really, because Sarfield and Kildare couldn't play each other. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, Wart mentioned Darren McCarthy, the pressure on his shoulders hitting freeze at, at such a young age, and how well he done as well for for Tumi Varis going thir- scoring thirteen points. JJ, I'll give the last word to yourself as we're down to the final four of the Senior Harland Championship. Uh, what way do you see it playing out from here? I wouldn't disagree with anything that Tom is saying. I think he's, he's on the ball with it. Um, look, at the end of the day, you have the four the four best teams in this championship still standing in the competition, and you have you have intriguing pairings. Really, yeah, you know the the all mid one. Uh, I, I guess uh, Sarsfields are I think are favourites at this stage. They have to be given the the form they've shown in the last three games. But uh, we're well aware of what Lockmore Lockmore Castellani can do. Um, you know, uh, just uh, one thing that struck me with Lockmore at the weekend. You know that 
if they had uh, John Mayer back, that it would be it would be such a, a huge boost to them. I don't know what Tom may be able to shed some light on that, but uh, they're 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 certainly well experienced at this level. We know exactly what they can do, and I'd expect a huge game from from them against Sarsfields. Uh, in in the other one, I think, uh, in fairness, I suppose on on past record and recent record, Kildangan uh, will have to be to be favourites in that one. Uh, but again, as Tom said, you, you, you the local dynamic, you know, neighbours and. Uh, they know each other very well, and, and that's going to be a dinner of a contest as well. Uh, two of them really are on the up this year. You know, it was, um, I, I think I saw them, it was the, um, the McCarthy match where, you know, I was at, you know, saying, that, you know, this team is moving very, very well. It, they'll be awkward opponents for anyone who meets them. And, uh, and I think they've, they've kind of just tried that. Um, so, you know, two, two fascinating, two fascinating semi-finals. My only regret, Paul, is that the two of them aren't on as, as a double-header which I think would have been fantastic, uh, rather than having them split over Saturday and Sunday, though perhaps there, there are other reasons for that. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I feel like on a Monday like this we could talk for about three hours about the games that have gone by, but we're going to have to call it at that for uh, for those games. So JJ Kendi and Tom McGrath, thanks for joining us on Extra Time. Thanks, Paul. That was uh, Tom McGrath there and JJ Kendi reflecting on some of the games. Some of the texts coming in, uh, wondering, uh, it was the, will there be tap and go at the semi-finals? I would imagine so. And uh, some other te- texts coming in uh, with regards to some of the, the ticketing uh, prices and things like that. So um, we'll keep your texts coming in. I'll have a look through them here. We're just going to have to play a quick ad break and uh, we'll be talking camogie and soccer after these. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clan Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See realestatealliance.ie. So welcome back to Extra Time here on Tip FM on this Monday, uh, September 18th, 2023. And uh, just some uh, more texts coming in regarding the um, ticket prices and uh, €15 for the mentions. uh, Someone said no mention of the junior teams. That's a nice reminder, of course. We had the junior A quarterfinals over the weekend. Uh, we had big wins there for um, the Holy Cross Valley Cal 5-11, Clamelog 2-13. Uh, 24 points to 118. J.K. Brackens bet my Rovers. Uh, Ballon Hinch 116 to Latin Collins 15 points. And then we have, um, of course, Ross Gray and Clouty Ross Moore to play at their quarterfinals. So the draws haven't been made there. Also, congratulations coming in on the text to uh, Feathered, who had a big win in the under 19A South final. Uh, they defeated Clamel Commercials 11 points to 1 7. So uh, Feathered getting one over Commercials there in the under 19A. Also, the under 13 uh, county finals run over the weekend. Cashel winning the A there. Uh, Feathered also winning, uh, I believe it was Group 2. Uh, Temple Derry and Killer 1 also recording county uh, title victories there. So fair play to all involved there in, in the under 13s. It very much is great to see. So moving on now to soccer, and we had uh, plenty of soccer over the weekend. And joining us, as always, on a Monday evening is Barry Ryan. Barry, you're welcome to the show. Hi, Paul. How are you? Uh, good, Barry. Uh, fortunately, we're talking local soccer, and we're not going to be talking about uh, Manchester United because <laughs> we, we don't have the time. But uh, no. we'll, we'll focus on the local local soccer over the weekend. We had um, uh, junior Munster Junior Cup games uh, happening across uh, the county. Just go down through the results. Care Park 5, 2 Mile Burris 2. That was a first-round tie. In the second round, uh, Wilderness um, uh, give a walk over to St. Michael's there. Clamwell Celtic 7, Galbell United 2, Cashelltown 3, Tipperary Town 0, Peak Villa 9, V Rovers 0, and uh, we also had uh, BT Harps 0, Barway Rovers 3. Um, but the big standout kind of result there uh, was Clamwell Town 0, Bancha Celtic 3, which was at Clamwell Town at home 
losing to Banja Celtic. Um, very much an upset, but it's probably a, it's a season that hasn't got off to a, a good start by any means for Clamwell Town. No, look, and a couple of things in this, I suppose, you know, we're obviously going to discuss the Clamwell Town situation now, but look, credit to Banja. They were beaten 7 in there a few weeks ago, and that kind of can be lost in all of this as well. It's a huge result for them. Obviously, this is something I'm particularly passionate about. I'm very invested in it myself, as Clamwell Town is certainly my club. Um, and I, I think some it's look, I, I'll be really quick on this because I know we don't have a lot of time, but Clamwell Town is, is an unbelievable club. They've got fantastic club men, people like Tony Scully Sr., Paddy Turner, Noreen Ryan, Brian O'Donnell, Jamie Flaherty, Michael Maron, Wirtz, you wouldn't get them anywhere in the country. Uh, the Scullys, Paul Ryan, Pat Hayes looking after the school by setup. It's the envy of the county. There's so many things good in Clamwell Town, but the structure around the first team, it's impossible for it to succeed. Um, Darren Murray's a pro-licensed coach, and an, you know you won't get a better coach than Darren Murray. I think there's only two pro-licensed coaches in Tipperary himself and James Scott the issue isn't the setup. the setup is just not there in terms of the manager is hired and he's just allowed to go and do his thing then at that with no kind of involvement from the club and that's how football worked in the 90s um, when I was there, I was talking about bringing in a football committee and we would meet every week, if not every second week, to run through all these things because so much happens in the junior setup now. It's so big with the FA Junior Cup, the month Junior Cup, fixtures, transfers, so much happening. Um, and I think that's just the way the game has got to go. Like, in, in the last 12 months, Michal Quinlan has walked out of Clamell and he was player of the year last season for Peak Villa and wins the league. A Clamell Town player going up there to help him win the league. St. Michael's may win the league this season and if they do, Reese O'Regan, Clamell Town's player of the year last year, will be instrumental and has walked out of Camel to go down there. Mwiris Walsh commented to me 18 months ago about Michael O'Sullivan's performance at 17 in Cook Park compared to Norman Whiteside. Michael O'Sullivan has walked out of the club the weekend. Rory O'Dowd, for me, is the outstanding young player in, in Tipperary. He was, all of us who worked in school by football back five or six years ago mm. used to marvel at this mercurial little player for Clamwell Town all the way up to the ages. What a school by they produced in Rory O'Dowd. He's now Clamwell Celtic's best player. The structure has got to change that these things are happening in terms of people that say to me, but how do you stop players leaving? If I'm on the Clamwell Town Commission, me, Paul Scully, Tony Scully are going over to Risa Regan's house. And if Paul Scully and Tony Scully explain to him what Clamwell Town means and what the club is about, Risa Regan does not go to St. Michael's. Because trust me, you don't say no to Paul Scully. So these sort of things, they've got to manage this. It's not on the manager because managers come and go. If a manager says, oh, I'm happy for Risa Regan to leave, what can I do about it? These players are there for 10, 15 years. Managers only last a short period of time. So Clamwell Town have got to change structurally around the junior setup. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, fascinating stuff at, at local soccer uh, level, all the things that happen. But I believe, is it Peak Villa up next for, for Clonmel Town? But um, it can often be a funny old game, it is football. So it's a, it's a chance maybe to just forget about all the off-the-field stuff and just get back onto, onto the field and uh, get a crack at the, the reigning champions. Do you know, I wish, I absolutely wish I could buy into that. And, and, and I totally get what you're saying because sometimes, you know, that, that's what happens. But I think this is going to get a whole lot worse before it's going to get better. And I think we're going to be on the phone next week talking about, about Clamwell Town getting a really, really difficult afternoon up in Turles because, like I said, things, things are at an all-time low. Um, and I think it's going to get a lot worse. And I want to be honest about it because I've, I've called out things that have happened in Cook Park and in Big Villa in recent times. And I don't want to hide behind this. Clamwell Town are, have got to get this next appointment right and get the structure around it right. Because bringing in another manager, he'll only last 12 months unless the structure around it changes. Yeah, fascinating times uh, in Clamwell Town. So, Barry, thanks a million for joining us on Extra Time. Thanks very much, Paul.
That's uh, Barry Ryan there reflecting on a, a difficult time there for Clonmel Town uh, at the minute. They lost 3-0 at home to Bancha Celtic um, in the Tipperary, in the Munster Junior Cup, I should say. So uh, still some text coming in. Um, 15 euro was far too expensive. No price was displayed and I did not realise until I checked my account. Tap and go can be costly. That's a text coming in. Also text coming in that if Clonality are beaten, there's no Tipperary senior team in uh, West Tipperary which would be a shame so plenty of texts coming in so keep them coming we're going to finish up with uh, Camogie and Geraldine Canan Tipperary Camogie Piero is on the line Geraldine you're welcome to the show Thanks Paul Geraldine we have one game taking place tonight to finish up the uh, group stages of the County Championship Senior Championship Anna Carthy against Bursley at 8 o'clock in Clonality but over the weekend we had uh, the final group stage games and in group 1 Drummond Inch will finish top uh, with Thurla Sarsfield second Burgess to Hara third and the uh, Silvermines in fourth. They are all going through to next weekend's quarterfinals. Clonality finished top, and uh, Nakavilla Donisky Kickhams finished fourth in Group Two. So this game tonight uh, is all about kind of uh, who finishes second, who finishes third. But really exciting time getting down to the business end now of the championship. Yeah, and Kickhams still have a chance of actually finishing third because they're on level with Anacarty three points each. So if Anacarty were to lose to Boris Lee tonight uh, on the head-to-head, Kickhams will actually go ahead of Anacarty. So. It's still really up in the air, Group 2, the final placements. And uh, it's, it's, a lot of eyes will be in Clonty there um, and throw in there in the next five minutes, see how that goes. You know, it has been an exciting championship and I suppose the top teams are kind of coming to the fore now and, you know, the quarterfinals next weekend, there should be some really tasty matchups there. Yeah, no, definitely. And I suppose uh, maybe Nakavilla would be possibly hoping that Bursley do get a, a substantial win there to avoid what would be a, a quarterfinal against Drummond Inch. But um, Thurlis Sarsfields recorded another big win over the weekend. They're definitely, uh, you mentioned on last week's show, a challenger that's coming. But um, exciting times lay ahead in the next couple of weeks in the County Camogie Championships. But worth mentioning as well, uh, Geraldine, I, I spoke about this with Dennis Kelly, was we've six nominees for All-Star Awards and uh, we've got Gene Kelly, of course, uh, nominated for the junior Premier Junior Player of the Year. So, um, although it was a disappointing finish to the, the to the year in terms of losing at the semi final stage, it's always a good sign to have players nominated for these awards. Yeah, and it definitely gives the whole county a boost. And and you know, you'd be delighted for the six girls and for Gene as well for Player of the Year or nomination for Player of the Year for the Juniors. Um, I think nobody can have any complaints there, you know, or disagreements there. I think they're richly deserved. Um, I thought Roisin Howard was excellent all year in the forwards, probably our most consistent forward. You know, caught was you know was lethal in the group stages and 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 put on a masterclass in Crow Park against against uh, Antrim. Karen again, you know, our best player I think all year. Mm. Eve and Julianne so reliable. Test the same. You know, they were brilliant all year. And delighted that you know I suppose they're being acknowledged now with an All Star nomination. I think we'll everyone will celebrate that. Their clubs, their families. You know, to supporters Dennis Kelly and his management team. You know, I think it's a boost for the whole county. Yeah, no, it is very much, uh, it's very good uh, to see and uh, a good sign of things to come, please God. Geraldine, uh, that's all we've got time for for this evening, but I'm sure I'll be talking to you on Friday to preview what will be the quarterfinals um, after tonight's game. We'll, we'll know the pairing. So uh, until then, uh, Geraldine, thanks for joining us on uh, Extra Time here this evening. Thanks, Paul. That was uh, Geraldine Canan there. And we're just before we finish up, worth mentioning, uh, Nina Ormond, 33, Highfield, 27, was the only uh, local uh, Munster Senior Challenge Cup game uh, involving a Tipperary team, so fair play to Nina Norman, a big win there. We're going to finish with this uh, text coming in. Delighted to see Cashel Kincormux and Kilshiel and Kilcash doing well in the Hurling Championship. 
Both parishes have had it tough for the last few weeks. Uh, these wins will help to lift people's spirits. And I suppose that's what sport's all about. We complain about referees and different things like that. But um, if it can just make people forget about certain uh, bad things like that and just get away from the uh, the rough and tumble that is life, uh, that's what sport can bring. So we'll leave it on that. Thanks for the show uh, listening in. And a reminder that Seamus Callan's full interview will be online. I'll try and get it online in the next 30 minutes with Ronan Quirk. But that's all we've got time for, for this evening. Ronan will be back next Monday. Bye for now.